All right, welcome to another episode of Semper Sometimes Embrace the Suck. Tonight I have the the, the recruiting instructor of RS Arizona with us, Massar Zambrano. And I got to tell you, I'm ecstatic because number one, many reasons, many reasons. One, I've been following you on social media for a while. I've been talking back and forth with you for a little bit, probably a couple months by now. Um, I've heard great things about you from other 12s, other people in the community. And when I told some people that, that I was having you on, they were like, oh, shit, okay. So I'm I'm very <laughs> appreciative of having you on here because, you know, it's it's very – it means a lot to me that an 84-12 and yet an RI is on here because mm -hmm. the, the, the whole purpose behind this, right, is, is just to create – a conducive environment where people can come on and talk about, hey, this is what's going on with recruiting duty and how can we make it better? And and the reason why I started this was just because I didn't see, I don't want to say there was a lack, but I just felt like there was a lack of communication between Mickrick and not, not from like higher headquarters or anything like that, but the recruiter side of the house. The, things are working in Arizona that could be working in New Jersey but we don't know because we don't speak. So oh, yeah. for me, for me, it was like, you know what, if there's these TTPs that are working, if these, if there's these different things that are happening across the Marine Corps, why are we not talking more about it? Hey, or maybe, you know, hey, COVID happened and you're feeling this, but we haven't felt that yet. Mm -hmm. Why are we not? And maybe these conversations are happening, but not in the scope of the recruiter, the station commander, and those Marines that are down there, right? So that's why I created the podcast was to get okay. more talk out there, to get more people cross-pollinating. And to be honest, I've gotten a lot of good feedback. I've had a lot of Marines reach out to me and say, thank you for it. Um, so the topic of discussion that I really wanted to talk to you about, Massarin, um, it, it was the pool. Um, so, okay. but before we even get into that, please introduce yourself. Thank you again for coming <laughs> on and, and I appreciate yeah. the time. Hey, my brother, I appreciate you. I've been following you likewise on social media and to be on Semper sometimes right now. Hey, man, it's it's been something I've been like putting on the calendar. When's it going to be my turn? When's it going to give me an opportunity to, <laughs> to talk to him, you know, share some game, things like that. So, number one, I appreciate you. And I really do find it very humbling at with yourself, the fact that you've allowed other Marines, you know, sergeants, majors, I've seen you have different leadership on here. I saw you with, you know, at Staff Sergeant Cabrera right now this morning, you know, talking from Jacksonville, yeah. you know, spinning yep, some things yep. out there. And so number one, I, I just want you to know you're doing a fantastic job out there. I love listening to your podcast. It's um, it's very nice to see, and, and more so it's very, it's very great to see someone who was on recruiting duty, wanting to get the, the truth and the realness out there, because, you know, lo and behold, honestly, recruiting duty is re relentless. And that's one of the reasons yeah. that a lot of people, you know, they, they have so much, if you want to call it like anger, frustration, whatever emotion you want to tie to it. It's, it's just a relentless business. And therefore, you know, it taxes a lot of people. Uh, so, yeah, number one, I am the, the recruiting instructor out in Arizona. I'm with RS Phoenix, you know, never say die for me the Valley of the Rising Sun. And that's what I intend to do out here when I'm with my Marines. We're out here grinding, you know, out there winning the hearts and minds of the people. Uh, but I really like what you're bringing up as far as like the pool. You know, yeah. yes, the pool is one of the it's one of the the programs that are either make 
or break your time on recruiting duty. Mm, and mm. One, of the, one of the major things that's contributed to a lot of the issues with the pool. Number one, you know, back in, in, in my time, when I came up, when I went through BRC in 07, it was called PSS, professional selling yes. skills. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, service after the sale. Now it's called maintaining commitment. And so the biggest challenge right now for maintaining commitment with an applicant, believe it or not, it's no different than what it was back in 07. The moment yeah. you, you help that first young man or woman say yes and take that no to yes or maybe to yes, and then you get them into the depth, you know, a lot of people are having challenges with maintaining commitment because they roll on to the next one. Yeah. The only thing that's really ever happened when, when you know, when COVID was around and, and it was that it put time and distance into the fact of how often you could see that person. And, you know, yeah. everybody had to think outside the box when they wanted to develop, maintain, motivate, lead, inspire their pulleys, you know, because you, everybody had to be separate. Well, mm-hmm. you know, at least for my Marines out here in Arizona, you know, we still do have the measures of where we do, you know, it's kind of keeping our distance. But at the same time, we now have the full aspect of being out there to go and lead, motivate, develop and train these young men and women and get them ready for recruit training. And so we, we are every week advocating to go out there and, and have dynamic pull functions to where we take. Nothing different than what's inside the volume one of chapter four with managing the pool program and, and developing those young men and women. And essentially, we're just we're out here staying rooted in the basics. Takes time. You know, you, you got to get believers and the non-believers, And we're, we're doing that right now. But essentially, we're just out here executing off of what's already inside the doctrine and just keeping it yeah. simple. You know, we're not trying to be all flashy and, and all foxy. It's just really getting out there and just doing exactly what it says. And that's you know, maintaining, maintaining contact at least once per week. If you can do it visually, you do. And we have this very amazing thing like we do right now called FaceTime or, you know, video capabilities on a phone, on a computer. So you can physically still see them through a screen. And, you know, we're setting those parameters as far as being engaged as much as we can with that young person's life. Very similar to the way Marines are doing when they're out in the operating forces out there leading and mentoring and developing young Marines. And that's how we're executing things out here in Arizona. Yeah. No, and I, and I love what you said about it. And I'm glad that you brought it up because it's like the brilliance in the basics. And, you know, like you were saying with like maintain commitment and peace uh, and PSS, like that's the biggest thing. And me, me and um, Sassar and Cab were talking about it this morning. Like that's exactly what's missing is that when you have, like if you look at pool turbulence and you look at pool attrition and you look at those things, it's like, okay, let me just look at your weekly context. And 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 as annoying as it is, right? Like I never thought that I would say that five years later after being off recruiting to me, it's like, hey, you have this beautiful system called McCris. Like if you really just use it to actually help you, you will actually keep in contact with people, right? And I remember, yeah. you know, like I had this Sergeant Major, um, Sergeant Major Woodard, he was my RS Sergeant Major. He actually hit me up, he wants to come on. And he was this, he's from Texas. And he would just always, he'd walk down from his office and he would just go, they go, he, he would just go, all he would ever say to the ops chief was, they go and ship. And that's all <laughs> he would say. And and then if there was an issue with a kid shipping, the first thing, like any other RSR major, hey, let me see the pool card. And, and, you know, and the reality of it is, is that like, you know, if you, if you look at a pool card, but then you look at a recruiter's cell phone and you look at that Marine, that Marine cell phone and the conversation to that pool E, it doesn't marry up to what's in McCris. 
And it's like, bro, if you just did that, you know, because like, oh, I'm having these conversations, but you're not showing it in the system, right? And it's not you. And like I was saying to somebody else the other day, it's not even to hold that recruiter accountable. It's also just like, if God forbid something happened to you or you PCS, okay, well, now I have to know how do I deal with this pulley? What has been happening in this pulley's life? while the recruiter while you dealt with him because now i gotta i, I gotta be, of course i'm gonna build rapport but i have yeah. to pick up this relationship and now i need to know like hey why did this kid join the marine corps and that's why like and i'm sure you you would agree with that but like you know why when you do become a new recruiter like for those new recruiters who are going to go out to you know who are graduating brc and they're going to get a new ao you yeah. need to at least my opinion is they should re-benefit tag and re-interview every one of those poolies that they're going to inherit because it gives it gives you it gives you training and Uh it also gives you your own understanding and also that poolie who depth in 90 days ago circumstances have probably changed and now you may find something that that original recruiter never found like is that like what are your thoughts on that no you know i agree with you um I'm going to tell you, I, I remember being a brand new canvassing recruiter and, mm. you know, getting on those what we used to call orphan police. And that word still flows around. They're like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so had him and he's gone now. And the pool transfer is, is key in these situations. And are they taking place every time? I'm not going to be I'm not going to be naive and say they are because yeah. to monitor every single one of them, you know, that's we're, that's the trust and confidence you give into the staff and CIC and, and the Marine that's doing yeah. the transfer. What I, what I can tell you, though, is that you're, you're absolutely right. The the ability to just document and give yourself credit for, you know, establishing that relationship for every new Marine that comes out from from BRC and you get to your RSS. The first thing you want to do is you want to demonstrate to that young man and young woman that you're there for them. And the only way you're going to do it is if you find out exactly what's important to them and you go ahead and drop them tags again. Because having someone stay inside the depth for up to 365 days, you know, you, you come in right now and you get you get someone who's a high school senior and they don't leave until next June. And you got to take care of them. You have to develop them. You have to get to know their family and, you know, just become a part of their life. You have to be immersed in their situation. If you keep them at a distance, you're the one creating the apathy. And then a lot of times... Yeah. Apathy is not setting in because the young man or woman is changing their mind. It's because we're not holding up our end of the bargain. And so when we fail on our part to go ahead and maintain that commitment and and fulfill the promises that we stated whenever they enlisted, whenever that new shiny, that shiny prize, we're like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Bro, you want Chick-fil-A? Dog, you need a monster. (laughs) Got you, right? But the moment they dip in, then you're like, you don't show up. Ah, He's busy a little bit. He's okay. Well, number one, I didn't give him a good welcome aboard brief. I didn't state all the expectations. Next thing, he's showing up to the pool functions, but he's still weak. Oh, he's not trying. No. In the beginning, you should have done that individual pulley analysis profile and seen those metrics where that young man or woman was at risk and then built that plan specific to them and tailored it to where you're going to be a part of those workouts. You're going to be a part of that development. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. So, Essentially, what I'm talking about, I'm not making it up. It's just right there in the doctrine. But a lot of times yeah. people are like, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work if you don't do it. Yeah. But, you know, you have to get in there. And, yes, you got to benefit tag every brand new pulley that you absorb. And especially for the NCICs, it's really important that when you do a pool transfer, 
you come in, it's never more evident. The light bulb turns on like, man, all these blank comments, all these generic GTGs, they don't do anything for me. I don't know who's going to be good. I don't even know who's going to ship. My man right here has got all these blank comments. And this guy right here, he's got a bunch of comments stating that him and his girlfriend are okay, probably made up just because the person didn't want to be realistic about the, the kid's situation. And you can't even tell what you got inside the pool. You can't call operations and say, yeah, you know what? That kid's going to ship. Then you go and find out, oh, man, these, these, this isn't even legit. Nobody's seen this kid yeah. in the last two months. Never been to a pool function. You know, it's nope. a, lot, a lot of the onus. Yes, we got young men and women out there that change their minds, the power of free will. But we have to take a lot of that responsibility. That's what we, that's what we accept when we say we're going to help them become Marines. And for me, yeah. like any of my Marines ever, you know, Work with me, talk to me, guys that I've worked with since I came back in, you know, came out in 07 up until now. Yes, I'm going to make the young man and woman, you know, stand at the forefront and, and go up there and do what they have to do. At the same time, it falls on us. And if we're not yeah, doing no. what we're supposed to do, we can't blame that young guy or that young lady when they walk away. We did that, not them. Yeah. No, and I completely agree with you. And, and that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you because... So I 100% agree with the fact that it is on us. It's on us. It's on, it, the onus is on us because when we sit down and we benefit tag this kid and or we go home with that child, that young man or woman, and then we sit in front of that mom and dad, and then we tell that mom and dad or that foster parent or whoever it is, we tell if them, like, hey, listen, them. I'm going to, yeah, right? <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I want to talk to this kid. And, and that's it. You know what? Now that you bring that up, though, even when I was a station commander, even if you were over the age of 18 and i didn't meet pcs i wanted to meet your family because yes. and a lot of people aren't like that a lot of people aren't like that and it's like no listen like you need to put yourself in front of any person that could eventually possibly be a disinterest and you need yeah. to know what their feelings are because even a 27 year old is gonna be like oh yeah yeah yeah, i'm good and then all of a sudden two weeks later you find out the whole entire family is against him joining and now this dude's battling that at home and you don't even know it because you didn't even ask so yeah. but like and that's the thing is that we have to be able to like me and cap were talking about this morning like it's just very important for you to be within that family sphere mm -hmm. because you have to be able to know hey what are mom's concerns hey what are dad's concerns you have to be yeah. able to know like hey you know what hey what's going on with mom and dad while this marine or this recruit is now at recruit training like you have yeah. to because all those things matter because when those Marines come back from boot camp, we want that family to be able to say, hey, listen, RSS such and such really took care of my son. Hey, you know what? They're a great group of people because if that's yeah. not what's happening, it's going to be the opposite way around. And they're going to be like, bro, the Marine Corps told my son this. That never happened. The recruiter told my son this. And then it's the complete opposite. And now oh, yeah. you have this community, this AO that you live in, and 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 in my in my opinion, this is what I find like is is a huge thing that happens a lot in the Marine Corps, is that recruiters don't care enough about the AO because they're only going to be there for three years, and the investment's not there. And it's like, bro, if we just all invested in every uh -huh. AO that we lived in, there would be so many more people that came in because of the investments that we put in. And, you know, it's like where are as Marines, well, part of our mission is to return quality citizens. And I oh, feel yeah. like a lot of times we forget that part because it's like, okay, when we have these pool functions, hey, why don't we find Marines that are out there that have already become Marines? They already have businesses. Hey, bring them back. Hey, 
hey, Pooley so-and-so, you want to be a business owner? Hey, this dude's from this area. He graduated, joined the Marine Corps, went to college, da 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 and here's his success story. And it's organic oh, yeah. to you because it's he's from your area. He graduated the high, same high school. So I think like oh, that's the like involving the community in the pool functions is a huge deal too. You know, when I was in in Texas, and you know, this is one of them when I was in Texas stories because I, <laughs> I started out a recruiting station in Dallas, and you know, uh, just so everybody knows, I was an EAD or when when I came on recruiting duty. I originally enlisted in two thousand, got out in two thousand four, came back in through prior service recruiting. You know, good old PSR, they took care of me, uh, got me on the Rec Aid program after I did a some time with the INI and then I went out there and did the EAD in Dallas. And one of the best things when I was looking to come back on active duty, but I was facilitating my career through EAD. You know, I went back to my, my RS where I was from. I didn't go back to my hometown. The best thing about going back to where I was from, at least the RS is that I was familiar with the Metro and familiar with, you know, the historic things around the area. When I went into small town USA out in East Texas, and then even some of the smaller communities in the metro. Yeah. I didn't tell my family when I enlisted. So I admire all these young guys and ladies who allow us to meet with their parents. Okay. You know, I, I just, I remember <laughs> I went on a Friday, joined on a Saturday, Saturday processing. It was, I was like quiet. Right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm saying all that because I remember talking to my mom and, and I asked her, I was like, Hey, you know, if there's anything I can do for all these young men and women that I'm going to meet out here while I'm doing this assignment for the Marine Corps, what should I do? And my mom, you know, love her, you know, rest in peace, mom. She was, she flat out told me, hey, don't treat them like you did me. Make sure you keep the families involved. And I went into this community in Wiley, Texas. And I wasn't trying to be the perfect guy. I wasn't trying to be the perfect Marine. I was just trying to be authentic and genuine. That's all I knew how to do. And I would treat all these young men and women, those that enlisted, like young Marines. Hard expectations. You know, I, I trained them hard. And I take care of them. It doesn't mean I held their hand. I just I just took care of them. But I treated them like they were my family and their parents saw that. And when they saw it, they then would go out there and spread the word and they would, you know, speak the gospel of the Marine Corps. And when you do that, especially as a new recruiter, when you go into an AO, by all means, I know we got some Marines out here that they just flat out just don't care. But then we got some bright spots. We got Marines out there that are killing it, killing the game. You know, they're just out here social media wise. I mean, you name it, they're they're just being monsters in in, in their AO. But for me, when the light bulb clicked when I started getting the families involved, you know, parents were out there having like little little coffee meetings and the parents were talking to the parents. All I would do is make a phone call, like, hey, how are you doing, sir? You know, I just want you to know so and so is looking to enlist in the Marines. His mom and dad are on the fence. If you don't mind, would you please at least reach out to them? Because uh, I know you all live in the same area. Uh, I'd like to give them your number and have them reach out to you so that they don't just hear from me because they're going to either like, believe, or trust me. Maybe not all three. Yeah, yeah. With you, you're more, you know, you're not in the Marine Corps, but you can speak on how I approach you and your family and work with your son. Oh, yes, sir. No problem. And when they did that, they sold the Marine Corps better than I ever could. Amen. But it's because I cared enough to get them involved and I cared enough to make sure I take, I took the time. Amen just to just to put the work in so that yeah whenever anybody would walk around there and talk about the marine corps they said hey you know what the marines aren't that bad they're actually pretty good yeah so yeah you yeah. have to get the no involved. 
No, I definitely a hundred percent agree with you, and and it's awesome you sharing that, and thank you for sharing that, and uh, you know what your mother said, and 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 God rest her soul, and and that's the thing is that like you know for instance myself, same thing happened with me. You know, I had a recruiter who kid was really not on board at all, and mm. we had this woman we called her Mama Nelms. She was <laughs> this woman. This woman lived in Howell, New Jersey. It's where I, she's still she lives five five minutes from where I live. And okay. she was one of she was one of the very first people I I helped put her son in the Marine Corps. So I met her son, he was a he was a rising senior, and I started talking to her son as a junior, mid-junior year, and started talking to him, met with mom, like we knew like, hey, as soon as they say I can write a junior, like this this young man's joining. She had us over, she had me and my family over for dinner. Like we got peace, like everything was ready to go. And yeah. when he became a senior, he was the guide, he was killing the pool program. And then all of a sudden he had friends that now wanted to join. In the school, we never got anybody to join at the school. And a lot of the times it was the parents that were just not about it. So oh, Mama yeah. Nelms, so Mama Nelms, what she did was lo and behold, she invited all the mothers from the neighborhood over uh -huh. and she did not tell them anything she said oh hey let's have dinner like get all the women together like let's have dinner the husbands they'll have beer you know in the backyard and the moms will come have dinner and she literally set it up and she was like yeah so you know you know uh quinn's quinn's joining the marine corps and all the moms were like yeah you know chase has been talking about it so and so has been talking about it and i just don't know how i feel about it and she was like, oh, the Marine Corps recruiter, great guy. Had him and his family <laughs> over. You know, he's been he's been helping us out for the past year and a half. And they were like, wait a minute, so you don't feel like he's pushy or anything like that? They're like, no, he's helping us out. He's taking care of our son. Our son's grades have gotten better. Our son's this has gotten better. So she's literally telling them all about our program, the pool program. And she starts telling them about how all this stuff. Next thing you know, like my, my recruiter ends up getting five people within like the next two to three weeks oh, all yeah. process they're all still friends they're all still in the marine corps they're all like now this high school that that only usually had like one or two a year that year we had like seven or eight and they yeah and it was and it was all because of mama gnomes it was all yeah. because of like mama gnomes knew everybody and and it was and that's what i always tried to tell my because because like you were saying, when you get that station commander who now is you're absorbing these people, that's exactly what happened to me. You know, I take over the station, I find 18 discharges. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me start interviewing these people. Let me try to get them back to find out, hey, why are they discharging? Let me see what yeah. I can save. And one of my recruiters keeps telling me, hey, Daniel's good. Daniel's good. And I'm like, bro, you've been telling me he's good for about a month and I still haven't seen him. I'm like, I don't know how good this guy is if I haven't seen him yet. He's like, yeah. bro, he's good. He does 20 pull-ups. He's like, yo, he's good. Staff sergeant, he does 20 pull-ups. His P his ISTs, da da da. I'm like, bro, that's great, but I gotta meet Daniel. And he was just like, all right, fine. So Daniel comes walking in with his dad, and his <clears> dad's like all about it. His dad's this Indian dude. His mustache, bro, this guy had the best mustache, <laughs> hands down. His mustache went from here and then up to here. And then twirled. It was the sickest uh. beard I've ever seen in my life. But this dude's so the Daniel is talking about 
So I'm like, hey, man, I've been here for about a month and I'm just now meeting you. I'm like, you know, we have weekly meetings that you're supposed to attend. And the dad looks at him and goes, what, Daniel? He goes, you're supposed to be here every week. And he's like, yes, dad. And the dad starts flipping out. He said, well, why haven't you been here every week? Uh, he's like, so the dad now is is mad that he hasn't been up to his bargain. And the dad's like, I'm talking to the dad because now the kid's talking about going reserves and he wants to do the NRTC scholarship and all this stuff. And I'm looking at the kid and the kid's big, like the kid's big. And I'm like, oh, how many pull-ups do you do? And the, and the dad's like, oh, the, he does 23 pull-ups, just like my recruiter was telling me. The recruiter was like, oh, yeah, he does 20 pull-ups. That's all right. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'm like, hey, man, let's go outside and see how many pull-ups you do. Bro, yeah. this dude gets on the bar and he does like, he's like, Ugh. and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, where's the 23 pull-ups, dog? And yeah. and I'm like, and so he does new pull-ups. So now I go inside and I tell the, and the dad's like, ah, and he sits up, bro. The dad's like sitting up pretty. He's like, ah, so how many pull-ups did he do? And I'm like, zero. And hit, bro, his dad's face starts flipping out. He was like, you told me you do 23 pull-ups. You gained weight. You got fat. Dad starts flipping out. So dad's like, you need to start being here at these PTs. So the dad starts holding accountable the son yeah. and on top of us holding accountable. And then, and, then I, and then I also had time with my recruiter. And I was like, bro, like, did you, like, how much did you talk to this father? Because the father seems very invested, but it doesn't yeah. seem like the pulley himself was as invested as the father. And, you know, lo like this whole story ensues and, and long story short, the kid ended up being a discharge later on. Um, but the father, <clears throat> but, but what sucked was that, like, like you said earlier on, like we didn't catch this earlier yeah. on and we didn't do anything about it. We just allowed it to persist. So, when with all that being said, one of the questions yeah. that I would ask is, in your opinion, right, is, mm -hmm. and I say that because, you know, one of my very good friends, Mass Sergeant O'Brien, Keith O'Brien, now retired, um, he said it best. He said 48 RIs are going to have different answers to any question that you ask. So oh, yeah. in your in your opinion, what, mm -hmm. what are some ways for that new recruiter who's going to come out here and start getting their battle rhythm together? What are some ways that a recruiter can maintain their numbers, maintain their APR, maintain the height, all the things that they have to maintain while maintaining that pool program? How do we how do we plan it out so that this that we can make this happen and we can keep the pool as tight as possible? What advice do you have for that? So first thing is, I mean, obviously you have to build a plan. You know, you you can't be hip pocket about what you execute especially if you're going to go in somewhere and, and you're going to want to you're going to want to make a difference no one comes from brc expecting like i just want to suck that just doesn't happen you get here and, and you, you might be unorganized and it might be very hard and you might not have the best people around you and then your attitude changes because of the environment it's going to happen you're going to get here no worse perfect everybody's got different ways of doing business for me if i if i was sergeant zambrano going back from brc coming out here I wish someone would tell me, hey, man, build a plan and stick to it. Bottom line, build a plan and stick to it, but know how to plan. And if there's mm -hmm. already something that's out there that tells you how to plan, you know, the doctrine, the volume one, I'm going to refer you back to chapter two. I'm going to tell you about how to distribute your high schools and your time. You know, utilize it. We used to do it on paper, but Chris does it for you now. All you got to do is go through and read the information, okay, and just learn. After you build the plan, 
before you input it into McChris, when I'm saying build it, put it on paper. Build a draft. Mm -hmm. After you build the draft, show it to the NCIC and then give verbal agreement on, hey, this thing make, right here makes sense. It's going to aim you towards hitting a milestone. It's going to aim you towards getting that first senior. We're going to start talking about a, a high school community college talk that needs to happen two months from now, not this month, so that you can prepare for it. You want to start getting ahead of the game. So you want to plan effectively to be able to go out there and execute your mission. So you got to plan first, all right? You want to learn how to plan, speak to the RI, speak to the, speak to the members that, you know, in your, in your RS, get with a season, uh, you know, NCIC, a season recruiter that is doing well. Do yourself a favor and don't get with the guy that's out there speaking negative all the time. That one's just going to drag you down. You know, if common sense was common practice, we wouldn't have people out there doing things that are crazy. So build a plan. Amen. Next thing, after you build the plan, go and resell the pool. Whatever pool these you absorb, go resell them. Just like you're talking about right now, Benny. You got to resell the pool and you got to make sure that when you resell them, you're reselling the decision maker. And sometimes mm. you might find out that the decision maker is not the kid. Kind of like what ooh, you're talking about right ooh. now with that young man, with that kid who the dad was invested, but the kid wasn't. You got to go resell the decision maker. Find out who the decision maker is. And you can do that when you do the interview. Nine times out of 10, someone with their influencer, they're either looking for a blessing or they're looking for permission. If they're looking for a blessing, then you got the right one. If they're looking for permission, find the decision maker and put that person in the room and win them over. Demonstrate, you know, when you become an NCIC, we got pesos, prepare, explain, show, observe, supervise. I like the word show, but for me, the word demonstrate is more powerful because he puts activity into going out there and doing it. Amen. Amen. Have someone demonstrate for you how to do these things. But as far as like making your mission, you plan for it. And when you plan, listen, there's things right now that Marines are having to go and execute against like Genesis and everything else. It's just another part of the process. The one thing that you can control is you can control prospecting and selling. So go out there and prospect and sell. Closed mouths don't get fed. So you want to have a, a, a tool to go out there and fight with the sword, you know, whatever you want to call it, your weapon, the teal weapon is right here. The ammunition comes in here from product knowledge. Woo, get ground woo, in those areas. Uh, as soon as you do, then go out and prospect and sell. Learn about the 60-30-10. It's real simple. Like these things are not extravagant. I'm not pulling things out of the air. This is just straight from the doctrine. Yeah. For me, I'm always going to refer yeah. somebody back to it because they can look at it when I'm gone. So plan, yeah. prospect and sell, resell the pool, find the decision maker, see if you got the blessing or permission. Now, when you got the pool to hold and you're out there and you're leading, motivating and developing them, refer to chapter four, the volume one. The biggest part about all of that, though, nothing happens without action. You have to get mm -hmm. the influence involved. You have to be in their life. You have to care when you care and you demonstrate that you care for them. They're going to care about making it to be a Marine. If you just kind of make them feel like they're just. Another number, because that happens, all right? There's people out there that do that. That's how we develop attrition. When you start cutting yep. corners in the process, all those corners that you cut lead to a discharge. And then when you don't plan effectively and you're not prospecting enough to make up for the discharge, you now go into the negative. And that's when Marines get in that mind frame and that little loop out here, the rat race of trying to get out of a hole that they created themselves. So yeah. go find the guy out there, the, the Marine, the, the male, the female, whoever it is. Go find the person out there that's killing it, but that cares enough to do the right thing at the right time 
and that's being involved in these young guys and these ladies' lives and just sticking to the doctrine. You can yeah. repeat that. I can't, you can't yeah. repeat, nobody out there can repeat my charisma, charm. They can't do yours. They can't do anybody else's. What they can repeat is a process that's been proven and is still working today. It's called prospecting yeah. and selling and proof of planning. You know, I, I, like, I gotta say that, that, and that's the, the reality of it because, you know, I hear that all the time, you know, on on the recruiting duty page and everything. There's so many people out there who are like, oh, MC3 doesn't work or this doesn't work or this doesn't work. No, 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 no. It's not that that doesn't work. It's that you don't work and you're not making it work. <laughs> like if you yeah. like, bro, if you if you truly don't think that these things work, you're out of your mind. Because yeah. like I know it's like I, I don't know how many 8411s got off the duty and got out of the Marine Corps and now are killing it out there in the civilian sector because of mc3 or p or pss like people literally took those sales tools and they went and changed their entire livelihoods based off of these two things that they learned while on marine corps recruiting duty and someone like yourself who's been doing this for oset since 07 you know like master guns pat as well you know he's about mm -hmm. to retire at 30 years and he's been doing yeah. the same thing for i don't know when the heck he got on recruiting duty but but that's the thing about it like and and the fact that you keep referring back to the doctrine it, it just shows number one that it's proved the proof is in the pudding and and like you said it just if we actually take care of the marine and we take care of the family and we take care of the people it's all going to come back to fruition because something that i hear a lot especially in today's day and age is you know a lot of people are like hey these other branches of military don't have this or like yeah. all these other branches of military are offering all these different things and i'm like okay great i agree but you know what they're not answering like you know what they're not offering they're not yeah. offering the marine corps pride of belonging <clears throat> like no. what we have when we care about our community and we care about our marines other branches will never touch that and they'll never and people say all the time they're like you're still selling pride of belonging since 1775 and it's like <laughs> because it's a real thing it's a yeah. real thing. Like if you truly care about these influencers, like you said, if you go and you find that decision maker, then when that kid starts backsliding, that mother is going to mm -hmm. walk in there with a chancleta and she's going to be like, hey, motherfucker, you're not backing <laughs> out because you said yes. I don't give a damn what you do. You can hate your life for the next yeah. four years, but you said yes. And our family isn't doing that. And that, and I've had that happen. I've, and that's the oh, thing yeah. is that you have to get the buy-in from the whole family. You have to get the buy-in from the counselors at the school. You have to get the buy-in yep. from the principals and stuff like that. And that, you know, like, so the, the high school that I graduated from, I was an EAD or as well. And I ended up yeah. becoming um, a recruiter in my high school. Yeah, right. EAD fam. So I ended up <laughs> becoming a recruiter at my high school. So, yeah. and I was a really shitty high school senior. Like I was a really shithead. I was a huge shithead. So when I, so when I became a Marine Corps recruiter and then I became a station commander, mm -hmm. all of my teachers and the principal were still there. So when they yeah. met me now, t 10 years later, and they saw what the Marine Corps had done for me in my life, I could do anything I wanted in that school. I could have an entire auditorium of high school seniors and I could talk to whoever I wanted to, and I could do anything. And one day I'm, I was in the, in the lunchroom and the assistant principal came up to me and he was like, hey, Doug, 
I was like, what's going on, um, Mr. Whatever his name was? And he was like, I have a question for you. I was like, I was like, what's up, man? He was like, you have like, at this point, we had 14 seniors that year from this school. And I was, and he was, he, I was like, what's going on? He was like, bro, you guys have the most seniors out of all the other branches. And he was like, but I have a problem. And I was like, okay. I was like, what's the problem? He was like, I have a lot of parents that their children are joining the air force, the army, the Navy, and they haven't made any changes. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, well, they're not physically better. They're not any, they're not any more disciplined. And he was yeah. like, but your 14 kids, he was like, we've seen changes in their grades, their attendance. He was like, all of this stuff. He was like, your 14 are very different than all the other people that are joining these other branches. And he was like, mm-hmm. so the families, apparently this conversation came up at a PTA meeting and they were <laughs> like, well, the families asked me if you would let those kids come to your pulley functions. And I was like, oh, yeah. no. I was like, well, so I said, so, so hold on. Yeah. So I said, no. And I said to him and he was like, well, why? And I said, sir, if you bought a car from Nissan and it broke down and you called Mm -hmm. Lexus, are they going to fix it? He's like, no, because I didn't buy it from them. I was like, exactly. I was like, now listen. And I was like, and it's also bad business. I was like, those young men and women have already made a decision. and I don't want to come in between that. And they made a decision for whatever reason. I was like, now, if those parents want to call me and they want to have another discussion and we can talk about, you know, what matters to them and all this stuff, he was like, yeah, definitely. He ended up having those teachers come to the school so that I could come to the auditorium. I could come and meet with those parents. So then we were able to talk to the parents about the pool program and what the pool program was and what it was doing. Because the other branches, they had one, but it was non-existent. Like the mm-hmm. Air Force, they met and they, you know, they did whatever in their little room and they didn't really do anything. And then the the Army, they did like some kind of PT test, but they didn't do what we were doing because we were having, you know, we were having sit them kind of like when you do um, McMap and how you do the tie-ins. That's what we yeah. were doing with our pool functions. We were doing tie-ins at every pool function. And then we were talking about a different benefit tag or, or whatever, or I would have um, local Marines come and talk to the Marines or the police or whoever was out in town or whoever was back or reservists that were out there doing great things. So like we were making it like, Hey, this is a family and this is what goes on. So that it got so big that the community and the high schools ended up finding out what we were doing. And then they were like, Hey, why is the other branch not doing this? And I say all that to say exactly what you're talking about is that if we just do the service after the sale, and we just actually take care of these men and women once and even when they're out there in the fleet marine corps because when those marines are out there in the fleet marine corps you know i I had a marine um i had a marine whose mom ended up passing away and the craziest thing about it was before she passed away when i was when i was doing paperwork with her the day we were getting pcs i found out that she actually was best friends with my sister-in-law they wow. worked in the same school on Staten Island, and we found out that they literally, they've known each other for like 15 or 20 years. They worked together, they were colleagues. And then, you know, long story short, she ended up passing away. 
And I, and it was like, I met, I saw the Marine that day in town and he was like, yeah, my mom passed away. I'm sorry. I didn't call you. It was, I was like, bro, why didn't you tell me? Like I would have, whatever I could have done to help you out. And he yeah. was like, well, this funeral's tonight. So I, I, I went, I made sure I was there in my blues and, you know, and the whole family was like, thank you so much. Like the mm -hmm. community was like, Hey, thank you for being here. The principal was there, the, all these people were there and they were like, you're still connecting with these young men and women even after they're out of the marine corps or even after they're you know they're they've gone on to the fleet but your their family's still here and yeah. and that was the thing about it it was like that's my my way of saying hey like that's what you're supposed to do because that's what we talk about doing like yeah it's no, it's, it's crazy and, because it, it's so simple but it's so refined well yeah no and I was alluding to it earlier. Nobody cares about what you know until they know you care about them. Right. And so mm -hmm. if you're doing that and, you know, being human, really, is it's really just, you know, excuse my language, really just giving a shit and going out there and yeah. just realizing like, hey, you know what? I'm still a part of your life, brother. Just because you went out there and you earned the title. That was a part of the process. That's what you were supposed to do. And the moment you did that, we're not family. We're familia. So whatever you mean. No matter where you are, what time it is, whatever's going on, hit me up. Let me know. And that's what's that's the separator. There's other parts mm -hmm. of, of the services that people that, you know, other service members, they have that, you know, elite groups. Yeah. Some of them that, you know, yeah. they, they bring that forward with them and, and they have that bond and that connection. But for it to be, you know, embedded from the day that person steps on the yellow footprints and then for us to live it out and for others to see it, that's the that's the. That's the gold standard we start stepping up to and everyone's like, man, I want that. Like, you know, we'd always say, hey, does everybody want to be, be a Marine? And people are like, I don't think so. And yeah, they do, man. They just don't know it yet because you haven't tapped into it. You know, yeah. everyone yeah. knew what we're about and, and just really understood where we come from, why we hand out 11 benefit tags, right, for the enlisted, more for the officer, but we're talking about enlisted right now. Why we do that, why we, we stretch the conversation to tangibles and intangibles, why we're out there, you know, searching for needs, motivators, priority needs, why we're really to uncover whether or not we're helping you enlist because of your circumstances, your feelings or your goals. Every time we help somebody enlist for their feelings, the moment they feel different, they change. Every time we help someone because of their circumstance, when they gets better or worse in 90 days, they change. But the moment we stretch someone into finding out their goals and we hone in on that, and we're a part of that process of developing them and helping them make, become reality, that's going to last a lifetime. And so mm -hmm. that's that, in my opinion, right? 48 of us, doesn't matter. But in my opinion, yeah. Yeah. when we pull on yeah. to that one and that's the string we grab and we yank and we, mm -hmm. we anchor in, that lasts forever. And no matter where we yeah. are, that's why we can have these relationships that stretch beyond the time they graduate and they're already a Marine and they're in the operating forces and we, you know, invite them to come back and see yeah. or Better yet, when they're just home on leave and they go get a haircut and they shave their face just so they can come tell you hello. That's it. Yeah. You're plenty Bro, of times I'm telling you it's, it's... RSS. So it's plenty of times I'm in an RSS and my Marines would be like, Staff Sergeant, Gunny, what's up? You paying these kids? I'm like, ah, oh, dog, I'm not paying these kids. What are you talking about? I swear to God, you're paying them, man. They come back here, they see you, you know, they're in here talking, saying all these good things. I'm like, I'm not paying them, man. I'm just telling you right now that I'm treating them like a Marine. 
I'm expecting them to grow up and not grow old. Everybody else out here is growing old. There's a lot of 45, 50 year old grown old people. They never changed their life. They never changed their decisions and damn sure didn't change the way they, they, they approach things. I'm helping them grow up. And because I'm a part of that growing up process, that's why they come back. And when you do it, that's mm -hmm. why they're going to come back to see you. And yep. you know that I, I can tell by the way you're talking about it. You so did the true. same thing, and that's you had those results. Oh, bro, I'm, bro, I'm telling you, man. So what I, yeah, because I I had this one dude, uh, Reagan, and he actually came by the house over the over the summer because he was in Hawaii. He was able to come home, and but he, what he did, this dude was funny. So I didn't tell him to do this. So he yeah. came walking in the office. He came walking in the office one day, and and he sits. There, he's like, yeah. He's like, and so he walks in the office. The door was open. And to the left, there was the brochures. So he grabs one. He starts looking at it. And and my recruiter immediately stands up. He's like, hey, hey, what's going on, big dog? He's like, you have to think about being a Marine? And he's like, yeah, you know, I've thought about it. And he's like, I was just sitting down with the Army. He's like, yeah, I don't know. So this dude, bro, this dude let him interview him. He went through the whole interview. And and he's just like, <laughs> and I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting in my office. I didn't even know he was in there. So he gets to the committal. Uh -huh. And the kid commits. The kid commits. Yeah. And and my marine is my marine Durkey is like, hey, hey, staff sergeant. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, hey, I got a young man who wants to be a marine out here. I was like, oh, okay. So I come out. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, brother? I'm like, how are you? Da -da -da. I'm like, so why you want to be a marine, big dog? And he was like, you know, just to be like you. And he gives me this big ass hug. And now all my recruiters are like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, oh, hey, guys, this is Corporal Reagan. And <laughs> and they were like, yo, you piece of shit. And I was like, yo. But yeah, because like, because that's the thing, though, is that like, so I had, I was gonna say, so I had this marine. His name is Matthew Ellis, and this dude, it was the craziest thing because it was the whole entire explanation of community, right? So there was this older man who would mm -hmm. always come in, and he would drop off donations to us, and he would ask yeah. us if we could find anybody in the local area where the donations could go to. So he would like leave candy, food supplies, all this different stuff. And then we would find like a local charity while we were out AC and we would just drop it off for him because he was an older Marine who had served in like the 80s and or it's like early 70s. And years later, um, I end up, you know, I'm helping one of my Marines TC. We're doing some training and I get this young man, Matthew Ellis, on the phone and I, we, we get a same day interview. Mom and dad come in and we start talking to the young man and lo and behold this man was his grandfather who had just passed away yeah. so his so he was very he had always wanted to be a marine because of what his grandfather stood for and so we end long story short we end up getting him to enlist uh he enlists he goes he goes okay he goes reserves because the plan was he wanted to go to college and mm -hmm. and straight from the jump you know of course talking to the descent you know talking to the influencers and trying to find out hey what disinterest do we have mom's biggest disinterest was it was important to her for him to go to college and get a degree and the father really didn't care much but the yeah. mom was pushing him pushing him pushing him because he had a full ride to, to i think the dartmouth or something and she wanted him to go to college but he didn't want to go to college at all so he yeah. was only doing the reserves out of the kindness of his heart to mom and i straight out in the interview i told mom this i was like listen mom i was like your son is going to do whatever you tell him to do because it's so important it's important to him to earn the title of marine like his grandfather before him i was like but 
what we want to always be careful of is that we don't want your son to be disgruntled later on in his life because he didn't go active duty because this is what you wanted. I was like, because, and that, you know, I talked about the educational plan and everything. And long story short, the kid goes and he contracts for reserves. And then a couple of months later, he goes to graduate high school. He graduates high school. And now he's having second thoughts. Now he's like, you know what? I'm just going to drop out of the pool program altogether. I'm going to go to school full send because that's what my because mom is still beating this drum. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to focus on college if you're going to reserves. So now he's like, you know what? I'm just going to drop out of the pool program altogether. I'm going to discharge. I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah. at this point, I'm no, at this point, I'm no longer on the bag. I'm no longer state station commander. I'm getting off of recruiting duty. So my recruiter calls me and he's like, Hey, he's like, bro, he's like, I need you to call mom. He was like, I need you to call mom. And he's like, I need you to come sit down with us. He's like, we got to go to dinner. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, Ellis is talking about discharging this, this, and the third. So I get on the phone with mom and I end up talking to mom again. And mom's still saying the same song and dance. And I'm like, and I try and I just, but I reiterate to her again. And I'm like, ma'am, I was like, your father impressed so much upon your son that the only thing your son wants to do in life is become a Marine. And I was like, what if that gets taken away from him? I was like, what if God forbid something one day happens and your son can't become a Marine because of X, Y, and Z? I was like, your son can go to college at any time. That's never going to go away. I was like, but you are the person that's holding him back from becoming the one thing he's wanted to be ever since he was five years old, man. And I was like, I knew your father. I knew him for years before I even knew he was your father. And I was like, your father talked about how much he loved your son and how proud he was that one day he was going to be a Marine. And I was like, now your son is because just to make you happy. Now your son's saying, you know what? I'm just going to go become an officer years later after I go through college and I'm like, man, but what if that doesn't happen? Yeah. So then, and then I talked to Ellis and I'm like, Hey, listen, man, I'm like, what are we going to do? Long story short, he discharges. Yeah. Like two or three months later, September comes around, does his first, I don't even know he was about to do his first semester and he calls me and he's like, Hey, I know you're not the boss there anymore, but he's like, can you get me back in on active duty? I'm like, I was like, I'll make a call. Long story short, he's out there in the fleet marine force right now. He's killing it. He's doing great things. But, you know, the reason why I share that all is because I had not, I don't want to call it the ammunition, but I had built enough rapport with this family that I was able to have a heart-to-heart conversation with the mother. And I was able to be like, mom, like, listen, this is what I'm like. we're, We're having this honest exchange of information because I knew what mattered to her. And if I yes. didn't know what mattered to her, and I didn't know what mattered to her son, then I couldn't afford that conversation. But because oh, I yeah. was able to have that real conversation, that young man ended up becoming a Marine and is now doing great things in the Fleet Marine Corps. And and that's why it's so important that we have those communications with the family members. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there, there was, uh, you're talking to me about a guy who, you know, doesn't want to, who's got out and discharged, right? I'm gonna tell you about this guy. I ain't gonna use his name because he's probably he's probably watching this right now, but I'm gonna tell you about a situation, okay? <laughs> I remember driving home and guys already a Marine, okay? 
already a Marine. I probably shouldn't even, you know, I shouldn't even have to worry about these things. He's a Marine. I'm at home. I just got home, you know, get my wife. We're about to roll out and I get a call and it's his mom. And she's like, hey, you know, so-and-so doesn't want to get on the airplane to freaking go to uh, overseas. He's got orders to Japan. He doesn't want to go. And I was like, well, let me guess, because of, of his girl. She was like, mm-hmm. I said, all right, let me holler at him. So I hit him up. I'm like, what's up, brother? What you doing? Oh, you know, um, I just got a question for you. So what's, what's the question? And that hit me. What will happen if I don't get on the plane and go right now? I'm like. What you talking about, man? It's like, yeah, if I don't get on this plane to go to Japan, what's going to happen to my family? And so, you know, I would say that I used my ability to professionalize the way I talk to people and be tactful. And that's probably yeah. one of the most I wasn't tactful, okay? I just straight up with him, like, listen, man, check this out. <laughs> you talking about not getting on the plane, um, people are going to come looking for you. And they're, they're associated with, with MPs. Right, because you're gonna be UA. But you know, I heard this is because of this young lady, so on and so forth. So look, check this out. At the end of the day, do you really feel like you're doing everything for that young woman that that's what's gonna make her happy? No, I said, no, you know what's gonna happen? Is you're gonna get run over because you do everything she tells you to do. That's not what she wants. She doesn't want somebody who's weak, she wants someone who's strong, is gonna stand up for what she needs and what she deserves in her life. And you can't do that by begging to her every, every freaking will that what she wants. So don't get on the plane. It's okay. Stay here. And if she's going to leave you, she's going to find somebody else who doesn't do, do everything that she wants, who's willing to stand up for what she needs and knows what's right, even if it makes her unhappy at times. My man got on the plane. Him and that girl broke up. He ended up getting married to somebody else. And I was like, dog, come on. You're about to throw away your life because of a feeling <laughs> at that moment. Like, no. But look, he was already a Marine. He had already made it out of school. Yeah. He was about to go on his way. No, nope. you know why is he calling me? Why is the mom calling me? It's exactly what you're yeah. talking about. When you establish that relationship and that trust, you know, yeah. and MC3, we talk about, you know, listen, understand, listen for facts and feelings, listen to build trust. You know, observe body language. All of it is establishing the relationship. You know, we go back to the to the PSS or all the the isms: believe, like, and trust. You know, it's very rare that you get all three. But when you do, you have yeah. to make sure that, that you wisely continue that relationship. Because if you don't, it can go to the flip side. They can put the blame on you. Instead of saying, like, you helped, it'll be like you did nothing and you allowed it to happen. And so, you know, I'm not, like I said, I, I want to say his name, but I'm not going to say it because the story's a lot better <laughs> what and the way it went down. But, Every connection that I ever made or, or my Marines have made, you know, and as, as I'm witnessing my Marines right now in Arizona, one of them I'm going to give a shout out to tonight. And his name is Benny Cornell. All right. And this young man, like when it comes to a bright spot inside of Phoenix, this young man right now who's, who's recently selected for staff sergeant, and I'm so happy for mm. him. He's out here killing the game. Killing yeah. the game, even when there was the COVID. Killing the game, yeah. even though there's this thing called Genesis. Killing it, right? It doesn't, doesn't matter what obstacle's in his way. He's still getting past the obstacle. Why? Because he's Amen. putting in the work. And because Amen. he's putting in the work, he's winning the hearts and minds of people in that area of Arizona and Glendale. And I'm going to tell Amen. you, when I see guys like him continue to do that, I know that anybody, no matter what's happening out there, 
Are we all going to have challenges? 100%. Are we going to have obstacles? You're always going to get one. You know, I mean, life is tough. So what you going to do? It don't matter. And I, I see Marines like like him, like, like Sergeant Cornell, future staff Sergeant Cornell in Glendale, Arizona, winning the hearts and minds of the people. And he's one of a few that are here in Arizona that are doing that. And I, and I see him out there and it's because he cares enough to be immersed in these young people's lives that he's out there preaching the gospel of the Marine Corps. And, and everybody's like, it's like they're putting it in the water, man, and they're drinking it up and they're running with it. You know, I got Marines yeah. up north, you know, and, and Flagstaff. Those guys, man, I, I can't tell you that the the amazing things they're doing out there in Flagstaff, just, you know, in Navajo Nation, which is, whew, is a tough area, man, you know? We, we, we got some some hood places out here. Well, hey, Navajo Nation got their own rules. <laughs> but those Marines, my Marines out there in Flagstaff, they're, they're just doing fantastic things. And we, and we got bright spots all over Phoenix, all over the 8th Marine Corps District, 8-Ball Nation. You know what I'm saying? 8-Ball Nation forever. Yeah. Marines in Houston, Marines in San Antonio. You know, I, I, I wrote some of their names down, people that I follow on social media, like Staff Sergeant Zitch in San Antonio, you know, Sergeant Alvarez in Houston. Uh, USMC Sessi, you know, we got Sergeant Ramirez, call sign Mighty. Like this guy, even though he's a reservist, I see him all on social media. Cabrera and Jacksonville. There's bright spots all over this country where the Marines are out there just winning the hearts and minds of the people. And I know it's not because they just say and speak and do the right thing one time. They continually have yeah. to do that to continue to win it in this thing we call recruiting duty. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they're doing what you and I are talking about right now. And I know they are. And I know no, they got and that's. Stuff. Amen. And that's, a, I, I couldn't think of a better way to, to end this because we've been going for an hour. And listen, I, I said this numerous times, um, and I thank you for springing it up because it's the truth of the matter. No matter what happens, we have FMAM, we have JJAZ, we have COVID, we have Genesis. And all of those times, there's still Marines that are writing fours, fives, sixes, sevens, eights. And it's like, yep. if those Marines can do it, it's like, why are those Marines doing it? They're still they're facing the same climate. They're facing the same issues you are. But those Marines are waking up with a positive mental attitude. You know, hey, we'll be honest. Maybe it's their AO sometimes, right? But the reality of it is, is that they're, they're fighting every single day, and they're doing their job. Like they're out there, and they're that office is making it happen, and they're 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 fighting those elements, and they're still making it happen. You know, and I and I think that's the biggest thing about it is that like Marines they they forget where they come from sometimes and i say that because i was talking to donnie o'malley he's he's uh mm -hmm. he works with vet tv people he's yeah, the guy for vet tv right yeah, yeah. and and I, I was i had the privilege of meeting him and he's actually going to speak at he's going to be the guest speaker for rs salt lake city's um recruiting duty um their ball and oh, okay, me cool. and him got the talking me and him got the talking and he was like hey man what would some advice be for you like what would advice would you give me for this speech that i'm going to give to a whole bunch of recruiters and i said in my opinion i was mm -hmm. like the last thing you want to do is talk about marine corps recruiting duty i was like, this is the one day that they have to not think about marine corps recruiting <laughs> duty. and i was like i was like number two i was like remind them of where they come from because when That's you're me. when you're on the duty you you get in this tunnel vision and sometimes you forget that you're even a marine like you literally get so busy in sales and you get so busy in high schools and all these other things that 
you forget that you're a Marine because you're no longer doing Marine Corps things. The only Marine Corps thing you're doing is running a PFT, running a CFT and wearing the uniform, but you're not doing unit activities. You're not yeah. doing mess nights. You're not out there in the field. You're not doing these things that you've been doing. All the things that you associate being a Marine with, you're no longer doing. And I was like, if you take some time to just remind them that what they're doing is making a better Marine Corps and that they're adding to the generational of uh, the generational wealth and that they're changing generational curses and you just remind them of the work that they're doing, they're spreading the gospel. I was like, that's going to go a long way. And that's, oh, yeah. and, and those recruiters that you're talking about, that's what they're doing. Those recruiters that are out there doing that, they're just talking about how much they love an organization that they've become a part of and that's become a brotherhood, a sisterhood, and it's become a family to them. And they believe in it so much that they now just go out there and talk about it. Like that's, that's the difference between the winners and the losers. They believe oh, yeah. in what the Marine Corps is <clears throat> and, and they're out there facilitating it. I, I got one more shout out for you. And it's a Marine that we just gave an opportunity to go and, and, and lead, lead an RSS and lead Marines. Oh, I've been talking ooh. about bright spots. I've been talking about, you know, Marines getting an opportunity to go out there and win the hearts and minds of the people. Honestly, it just comes down to the person who's who's saying, hey, follow me, follow me while I go mm. ahead. And let's go. You know, I have I have a Marine right now named Staff Sergeant Salinas at anything for Salinas on IG. All we did was change the leader and we took an RSS that hadn't felt a win in months and they won this past month. So I know when. Hell when yeah. We, Find the right person, right? You find personnel that's willing to go out there and fight mm. and, and crawl. And one more phone call, one more handshake, one more door knock, one more follow up. When you go out there yep. and execute one more, you win. And that's what he did. And I want to give a shout out to him. Um, and Hell yeah. Look, Benny, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for you know allowing me to come on. I, I'm, I'm going to keep yes, thank you so listening much. and following you, man. I, I love what you're doing, brother. Thank you. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been thank a pleasure you so much. speaking with you this evening. Um, yes, bro. Keep, keep doing these podcasts, bro. Cause I, I know that there's somebody out there and we're not going to reach everyone. You're going to reach one person, but if one person takes anything from here, find a decision maker, look past the blessing and the permission, go out there and win the hearts and minds of the people. Amen. Well, I couldn't thank you more than enough. I appreciate the hell out of it. And, um, this is not going to be the last episode. I got a whole <laughs> more, the whole bunch more that I can pick your brain about, but thank you so much. Thanks for everything that you guys are doing out there. And have a good rest of the night, all right? All right, brother. You too. Stay blessed. You too.